Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael and I'm here today with everyone's favorite co-host, the Caleb G. Caleb G, say hello to everyone. Hey everybody, glad to be here. So again, it's always a great time to have you on the mics for anything. Today we have another The Review. This one specifically, uh, When the Wolf Comes, which is a Schwalb entertainment game. So friend of the show, Rob Schwalb. And um, it's part of what we call the Viking verse, or what mm-hmm. they call the Viking verse. What is called is it's a royal we. Um, <laughs> so let's just get into it. So uh, what the hell is the Viking verse, and what the hell is when the wolf comes? Okay, so let me just start this whole review right now. I love this game. Okay, A plus. Oh, okay. Re- right, well, too, we're done. Too long didn't listen to A plus. This is one of the most entertaining and well-written books I've read in a really long time. The Viking Verse, which first off is a series of novels and comic books that I didn't know about until I read this game book and did a little research. Okay. Uh, The Viking Verse is a series written by Ian Stewart Sharp. I believe the first book was written back in 2018, thereabouts. Okay. Uh, This game book is basically the game adaptation, the tabletop adaptation of the series of novels and comics. Uh, This game was successfully kickstarted back in 2017 for about 450% of goal, so very solidly backed, and uh, that quality really shows. The Vikingverse is a setting where Norse mythology... Well, first off, magic's real. Okay. Uh, Typical high fantasy magic is real setting. Norse culture and mythology became the dominant culture of the world. So we basically were representing a divergent timeline. And uh, society progressed under Norse culture as dominant. And now we're bouncing around outer space with a bunch of... Robots and uh, elves and dwarves, but just with different names. Yeah, th- that was the thing when I was first looking into this that, like, it was like, oh, cool, oh, cool, oh, cool. What? So Exactly. You know, and then not in a bad way, but just sort of like, okay, I felt like I knew where we were going, and then we just went, like, a couple thousand years into the future beyond that. So, yeah, so basically, yeah. basically Christianity did not rise to squash the Viking culture and mm-hmm. become the dominant religion mm-hmm. uh, in, in that area. And so Vikingism flourished. Yep. Uh, it's also, again, it's a, it's a world where magic is real. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now we're just living in the far future of a world where Vikings rose to prominent, to be the dominant culture, uh, which is like a very interesting idea. And then this is that sci-fi twist on top of it. Uh there are times when you can have a hat on a hat. I just think this is a really cool hat. This is a great hat. And everything is very well grounded in mythology. It's not just, oh, here's Vikings in space and here's robots in science and magic. It's not just uh, an amalgam, a mismatch of these tropes. Everything that happens really is tied back to that core foundation of mythology. Um, One of the tenets of the fiction here is 
it's not just a divergent timeline. It's not just an alternate reality. It's actually Odin delaying Ragnarok by splitting the timeline. And we kind of have simultaneous existence of our real world where this is all comic books and this other world where it's all reality. It's not like there's an overlap between the two, but those people in power know there's a divergence. Okay, okay. And then all of the things that happen to drive events, to drive the story in the Viking verse are kind of all related back to this catastrophic divergence where fate is trying to repair the divergence and other people are trying to push forward and catastrophic things happen and then things try to fix it and they overcompensate and other bad things happen. It's this really well-written lore. It's not just, oh, here's a crazy idea. It's really well-founded. It's really well thought out. I've never read the Viking verse novels and comics, but just from reading this book to review, I've got a very good idea of that story. And I'm going to assume for fans of the stories, this is just icing on top of a very delicious cake because Ian Sharp wrote that series and this book. So, of course, he is the expert in melding these two worlds together. Yeah, that was my question that was which your review answered it. But that would have been my question is who created the game? Was it the designer or the writer of the fiction or was it like someone brought in or a friend or whatever? But, yeah, it's the same dude. Mm hmm. But ultimately to say that the mechanics of this game are basically Shadow of the Demon Lord. Like there yes. are a few cosmetic changes and I think there are a couple non-cosmetic actual fundamental changes, but they're pretty minor. Basically, it's Shadow of the Demon Lord in this world, right? Absolutely correct. So I don't know the history of that decision being made. There's a foreword by Rob. Rob. <laughs> Rob, Rob, Rob Schwab. Rob wrote a foreword for the game book saying how impressed he was with it and how proud he was to work on it with Ian. Um, I looked at the original Kickstarter page. It was, as far as I can tell, originally pitched as part of the Demon of Shadow of the Demon Lord expansion um, or a version of it. Um, from what I can tell, Ian just really likes that system and thought it would be a good fit. And I'll tell you what, it is a wonderful fit. I, as a gamer, as a player, enjoy Shadow of the Demon Lord, but it's not my favorite game. It never really clicked with me as a player, as a game runner. But reading When the Wolf Comes and seeing how those rules fit this other universe immediately clicked with me, immediately made sense. It really feels good to tell this type of story with the shadow of the demon lord mechanics and yeah there are a couple name changes of things a couple superficial changes and then some actual additions to the rule set i am not a shadow of the demon lord expert but from comparing the two books and just reading them all the way through it is fundamentally the exact same game you roll the same dice uh, banes and boons work the same way they're just called different things Skill checks work the same way. Level development works the same way. It's just a different skin. Okay. And I think we've actually even done reviews and stuff about Shadow of the Demon Lords. There's, you know, if you're, look, if you're you, the listener, are looking for more information, but at high level, 
Shadow of the Demon Lord is a sort of a dark, gritty fantasy game mm-hmm. that basically uses the D20. Mm-hmm. It's kind of pared down. You, there's only 10 levels. You start at level zero, and every game session you're supposed to level, level 10, the end, you move on. There's only four stats. There's a couple derived stats. Mm-hmm. Everything you do that's not combat is like a skill check. It's called a challenge. You just need a 10 or higher on the die. So very simple. Banes and boons uh, are like good as a, a boon, bad as a bane. They don't counteract, but they offset. So if you got four banes and four boons, you're going to roll six extra dice. And actually, no, no, those, those, those would count, counter, yeah. counter it out. But, but if you had three and two, whichever one you had three of would stay, yes. and you would have one left over. If you just had mm-hmm. three boons, you'd roll three extra d6. So whichever is the best of those three is what counts. So you wouldn't add yes. them all up. But if you had a one, two, and a four on your three d sixes, you'd keep the four in addition to your d twenty roll that you. And rolled. for a bane, yeah, it would you would be the lowest of those extra d sixes. Would it be the lowest, or don't you don't you subtract the number? So like, if it was a six, you take the six, but you subtract six from your number. Yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's how it works. Is okay. you, uh, I'm not an expert in this system. <laughs> yeah, you take the highest value, but it becomes a subtraction. A subtraction, yeah. yeah. And we call them wheels and woes in this game. Same exact. Uh, mechanical expression. All right. So again, if you already like Shadow of the Demon Lord, you know what you're in for. If you don't, we just give you a very high level overview, but there's certainly other avenues out there you can get more information on. Um, The books, it's a big doorstop, big haunting book here. Let's talk a little bit about that. So 400 page book. I have not read a book that big in a long time, but this is a very well put together book. Good layout, good flow, good references. It makes a lot of sense as you're reading through it. One of the one of the things I really appreciate about this book is it gives us a couple pages, really a one-page summary of the world, and then tells us how to play the game. And it takes 200 pages to tell us how to play the game, but a one-page, here's what you're doing. Very high level, basic facts. Here's how you play the game. And then we get a chapter summarizing the fiction. And I really, really appreciate that in a unique world setting, demonstrating how that world works through the mechanics, I think is such a smart way to connect to new players and a new audience. So I really, really appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, the first 200 pages are how to play the game. All the rules. Uh, it summarizes everything. You don't. It's not just a, an addendum, an add-on to Shadow of the Demon Lords. All of the rules are in this book. You do not need another book to play this game. Which so is that's probably why, why that, it's 200 pages or 400 exactly, pages. Exactly. Uh, then we've got uh, a chapter on the setting details, uh, a nice thick chapter on game runners, how to play the game, how to run the game, how to run encounters, how to tell stories, and then a bestiary, a big chapter on monsters and things you can fight, and then there's a sample adventure, there's a couple appendices, um, there's a really nice timeline that shows the divergence between real-world history and game-world history. So if you really want to nerd out and see back to the 800s where the timelines split and what happened so you can really feel 
uh, involved in this game world, it's right there for you. Okay. So we got a big, thick book. It basically is everything you need. This, the setting's really cool. Uh, I will be disappointed if the art stinks. This art is the best art. <laughs> I love this art. It is vibrant. It is rich. It jumps off the page at you to bring you into the game world. To me, it looks like a blend of Mike Mignola and Jack Kirby. Okay. Just gorgeous. We've got great pictures of all of the character classes and background origins, uh, great pictures of monsters to fight, full spread art of like just really evocative mythological creatures doing wild things. There's not art on every single page, but there's a lot of it. And it is all beautiful. It's very much the thing you could like prop up or show your players if you're playing in person and they would instantly feel that connection to an immersion in the game world. So I I don't want to feel like this is an overview more than a review, but everything's been so positive. It's kind of hard, harder to dig in on like elements. Did you touch about layout at all? I think you just said it's good, but is there anything specific you want to call out about it? It's really easy. (laughs) It's a good layout. Um, It it feels very natural to read. There's not an inch of wasted space. Every page is packed full of details and information, nice charts, easy to read, nice flow, great um, index at the back to look for things. It's a very dense book. There's a lot of information. So unless you are already comfortable with the setting and the rules, you're probably going to be flipping back and forth a lot. Okay. There's a couple little things that I wish were closer together in the layout or had another reference. So, for example, in the how to run the game chapter, there's a section on how to set up encounters. Okay. And it's really easy because in the bestiary, all of the monsters just have a value, a numerical value, five 10, 20, 1,000. And then there's a chart in the game runner section that says, based on your average party size or level, Okay. here is, if you want an easy encounter, the bad guys should add up to 30. If you want an impossible encounter, 1,000. I'm just making up numbers. Sure, and there's yeah. a really, really easy chart. It feels really easy to make an encounter. But... Those two pieces of information are like 50 pages apart. Not a problem, especially if you're just flipping back and forth in a PDF where you have the physical book and you can just bookmark both pages. But it would have been nice if they were together or if that chart was then referenced in the bestiary chapter. Sure. Incredibly minor, doesn't matter. But, you know, if we want to make something we love even better, that could have been done. Okay. Shadow of the Demon Lords, as we said, is a very simple, straightforward system. There are not a lot of mechanical intricacies. There's not a lot of feats or talents to refer back to or spells in multiple books or features in multiple books. Everything is in this one book that you need. But there are a lot of options because... Uh, You've got your origin, you've got your different paths that you follow, 
Each of those paths has different features. You might get magic spells. All of that stuff is organized in the book, but it's all over the place. So there's going to be some flipping around. There's going to be uh, some going back and forth if you're not familiar with this stuff, if you haven't sure. memorized it, if you haven't played it. Every single tabletop game book in the world is like that, but right. with a big book, it feels a little bit more of a chore <laughs> to flip around between sure. pages, but super, super minor. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the bestiary. So yeah. again, I know you're not super familiar with um, the Shadow of the Demon Lord, but are these new monsters? Are they just like the same monsters but reskinned Vikings? Is it a little bit of both, or do you even know? I do not know the correct answer to that question, but looking at the bestiary, everything feels uniquely created to fit into this setting. Okay, so if they did rescan them, they did a good job. They did an amazing job. All of the origins, all of the paths are unique to this book. Thematically, they are the same. Like there's fighters and, and spellcasters and blah, blah, blah. We feel the same tropes, but everything is unique to fit into the lore. Um, and those origins are very well written. Every... Uh, origin that you could pick from it only has a page or two of introduction but it really helps you understand your place in the lore in the world setting okay uh very much uh i won't say very much feels a little bit game of thronesy like there's all there's all kinds of layer upon layer of political houses and families who've done things over time and all of that factors into the origins that you pick all that information is right there okay so uh really really good work there i know we were talking about the beast jerry but i, I felt like those were kind of connected um yeah. the beast jerry is is cool the the stuff looks like it's real deadly when you're gonna fight it there's a there's a couple giant you know, world destroying monsters in there that their their challenge or their threat value is like over a thousand, and they just seem okay. real bad. So I definitely want to know how some of those fights would go. So and you did also well you know again I've I've read the review. Um, as far as um, like some of the extra stuff, there's like two sample adventures in here as well as like if you do like the game there are other things out there that you can like it's 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 not a standalone book there's already supplements and accessories that are or supplements i should say that are out for it correct yes so there's a little short story in the book to give you some flavor there's a sample adventure but that sample adventure really feels like almost a mini campaign okay even though it's really built for level zero characters um, and then there is already a supplement book out there with other origins, expansion of the rules, other things you can do, uh, new classes, new paths, that kind of thing. There are multiple uh, pre-written adventures that you can purchase and run through. Uh, there is an entire campaign going from zero to ten. So you could just buy this book, run the sample adventure, and just bleed right into that pre-written adventure if your table really loves this game. 
Right. And then, of course, there are the novels and the comic books if you really wanted to dig into the fiction of this world. I will say kind of a very philosophical uh, complaint about the book. Again, okay. complaint is the wrong word, something I, I just I'm not fond of with the book. Um, as a player, as a game runner, when a game world has a very detailed, thorough, immersive foundation, backstory, sometimes I feel a little intimidated to run games unless I know that story backwards and forwards. Right. We talked about this before whenever you're in an established world. What if someone knows it better than you? Exactly. How does that make you feel? Right. And I think the Viking verse is one of those worlds where if there is a diehard fan at your table and they know more than you do, you could feel a little intimidated. You could uh, feel like you might mess up their experience if you're contradicting something. Right. End of the day, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. The The galaxy, the universe of the Vikingverse is real big. So there's, of course, going to be a way to justify within the logic of the story. Yeah, we're just doing this thing over here. There's always something different happening. It's not like the game is going to scold you or break if you don't follow the story. But me personally, if I sat down, hey, everybody, let's try this new game. I would feel like I need to be responsible to answer all their questions okay. and know all of this stuff. And there's a lot of stuff to know. That being said, the book does a really good job of summarizing. Uh, the uh, the origin sections for each for the for the player character choices, the paths. There's a lot of information that tells characters players where they fit in the world so it's not hard to figure out that level of immersion the the universe itself is summed up very nicely in this book so it's not difficult to access okay. but i think it is at least to me if you're a, a a player like me who wants to understand the world you're playing in a little bit of an intimidation factor. Okay. But the world is so cool, I want to know more about it. Maybe it's more that than me being worried about playing the game right. right. I just want to know more stuff, and if I don't know it, I feel a little bummed out. Because okay. it's, it's really cool. So, I mean, overall, you I mean, you said at the beginning, TLDR, you love this product as a whole, a plus. I think this might be the first A plus you've ever given. I don't remember. I am a big fan of Rob and his work. I you know, again shout the Demon Lord. I again I don't necessarily connect to that hyper gritty sort of setting either. Exactly. But I've had a ton of fun with that game, and I'm very excited about this new version of the Weird Wizards that, that's coming out, which is sort of a more traditional fantasy version of that. So this feels a lot like maybe the Weird Wizard, but Viking verse because yes. you don't I don't that kind of thing. I so again you you're the one that read it. I haven't, but I I have a very positive vibe from the mm -hmm. game and you know with your review I'm certainly interested in picking it up. Now just to clarify, did you get a physical copy or was this digital? 
I have a digital copy that okay. the author sent to us for the purpose of the review. And I looked at all of the other products that are available on DriveThruRPG for references and understanding what they are. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, so again, very positive, A+. plus. But any final words before we wrap things up tonight? It's definitely worth picking this book up if you like really cool Viking Norse games and fiction, gorgeous art. It's a nice book to have, even if it's not 100% your uh, jam at the game table. It's a really well-written book. It's really pretty, gorgeous art. And I think it's a very good example of how to adapt an existing franchise, an existing property to a tabletop game. Okay. I think the rule system that was picked really fits. It's really evocative for the themes of this specific fictional universe. Like if I was going to play this in a typical level-based D20 game like Dungeons and Dragons, I don't think it would feel the same. But the mechanical facts of how Shadow of the Demon Lord works, where you're rolling much smaller numbers and you are more likely to have a negative modifier than a positive, it really fits the uh, not grimdark like Shadow of the Demon Lords, but that desperate struggle of humanity dealing with things out of their control. And that's kind of what we're seeing here in When the Wolf Comes because we kind of have this background noise of dealing with Ragnarok and its various catastrophic results. So the mechanics very much inform the attitude that your characters have, if that makes sense. So I think it's a great example of... Uh, a nice marriage between mechanics and thematics and lore and the mood you want at your table. So, okay. Yeah. So I did look, it is currently uh, in PDF only. Uh, you mm-hmm. can get that through drive through for $20, which honestly $20 for a full color 400 page PDF. <laughs> that's a steal. Is, that That's below what I normally see for those types of things. And there's a blurb that says that the print edition will be available soon, but there's no dates attached, at least nothing I can find on the website. It may be in a article somewhere that's not pulling up, but uh, certainly want to give uh, thanks to Ian for sending us a digital copy. Thank you for taking the time to review it and read it. Uh, Thank you, dear listener for spending some time with us today. Hopefully you'll go out and check this out. Grab a PDF copy, look for the hard copy. Uh, we don't plug it a lot, but we are an affiliate with DriveThru. So if you want to use our link, you just go to our website, click on the link on the right side, and then just anything that you buy through DriveThru, we get a small percentage. Like it doesn't cost you anything more. We just get like a little bit um, uh, for the referral, I guess. Uh, we get like eight, 10 bucks a year. I mean, it is not a lot, but we also <laughs> never talk about it. So maybe this will be the time. Um, But I really appreciate you taking a look at it. Again, thank you to Ian. Thank you to Rob as well for being part of this. Um, Yeah, I just feel like it's it's almost like so positive it's harder to talk about it. Uh, Check it out. Yeah, So please uh, check it out. It's worth it. Before we go, again, classic uh, plug, plug, plug away where people can find you and the other work you've done on the Internet, sir. Yeah, so I am on the socials at the Caleb G. And you can find me most frequently right now over – 
in the Identico podcast and streaming world. We are uh, live pretty much every Tuesday, alternating shows right now, and it's a lot of fun. And as for me, of course, you can find me at the RPG Academy. I have left Twitter after saying it for a very long time. I'm now full-time on Blue Sky and Discord, although I'm much more active on our Discord than I am anywhere else. But if you want to find me, you're not going to find me at Twitter anymore. Uh, we are actually going to be doing a sample adventures of the Weird Wizard, the other, Ooh. you know, the, the, the more standard fair uh, fantasy action adventure version of Shadow of the Demon Lord. I believe December 18th, like next week, a week from tonight, we'll be playing that live on our Twitch channel. And of course, you can find all the stuff that we do at the RPG Academy, all the places that podcasts are. Uh, check out Farm to Fable. It's the Smallville Rewatch fancast that I've been doing. We we just wrapped season six. I'm editing the final episode today. Um, this actually, this episode you're listening to will probably be out tomorrow. And then our final episode of Farm to Fable for season six will be out Thursday. At least that's the plan. Um, and come to a catacon, November 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2024. It's our 12th year. It is our the 12th catacon. Uh, and we are very excited about that. So I will stop talking now. And just remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. Thanks. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.